Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Night Party Podcast, where we leave it all on the cutting room floor. I am, of course, your illustrious host, Zach Evergreen. Pipe that down a little bit. Apologies. You could find me now again on Twitter at Father Heel. That's heel like your foot. I'm on Instagram at Zach Evergreen. Zach is always spelled with an H. But most importantly, on the Patreon, patreon.com slash knifepartypod. And for only $1, you get to hear all that great stuff like the top 10 cinematic deaths I just did. Well, we do specials like that all the time. And you're always ahead on all of our episodes. For instance, if you're on the regular feed, this is going to take a minute to get to you. We're talking American Well from London. And I have a new guest for the first time, Mr. H1N1 Zombies. Hey, uh, glad I got to be here. Uh, I brought my knife with me. I didn't realize we were going to be watching movies and you talking about them. Always have your knives on you. Yeah, that's why I thought you invited me to Knife Party Podcast. Well, th- that's right. So we're sitting around. You bring pizza. And we're just going to shoot the shit and play some uh, 2K22. And you walk in, and I'm, I'm already watching this movie. I got my notebook out. And I'm like, have you ever seen this? And your reply was? Unfortunately, no. In shame. <laughs> Don't be ashamed, man. A lot of people haven't seen this movie, at least not to my knowledge. Um, well, what I mean by a lot of people haven't seen this movie is that a lot of people have seen the movie, but it's not like as celebrated as, as it should be, except for, for real like film nerds and uh, a lot of people who are into... Um, you know, like horror in general, because this is not like a mainstream. You'll never see this on on your average, like HBO or whatever right. or Showtime, and and on streaming even. I tried to get this streaming recently to do a review of it, and I tore apart my house looking for the DVD. And I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm I break down. I'm gonna go and and buy it on uh, on like Amazon or whatnot, right? But Amazon, when I try to buy it there. They go, it's only for rent for three ninety nine, and I'm like, what the hell? It's only for rent for three ninety. What the what the fuck? like? Why isn't it on there? Crazy rights issues, probably. I, I think it's got something to do with Disney, like Disney Plus. Yeah, that's the only thing I could think about because um, I forgot what company makes this. In the beginning of the movie, it says a limited lycanthrope com- production, which is obviously a joke by Landis. That's the only thing I can think of. But uh, yeah, it's really not available on streaming unless you want to rent it. So I broke down, I bought this thing on Blu-ray, and I'm glad I did because it had a really cool documentary on it called Beware the Moon. It's probably going to air before this, uh, but because you and I just saw the movie, you saw it for the first time, um, let's just walk us through it. But what did you think in general? Overall, I, I loved it. Um, it had you know enough camp and enough horror <laughs> to camp. not be you know, too much of one or the other. It had a very uh, Shaun of the Dead feel to it. To yes. Where, yeah, this is horrifying, but also you're going to laugh a little bit at moments, which makes the horrifying moments oh, more, more scary. Of, speaking of horrifying, okay, so this is a movie um, that I don't say invented the jumps. Do I sound tin canny, by the way? Uh, no, no. Okay, so good. it's just me probably. Um, this movie didn't invent the jump scare by any means, but it does overutilize it, but I don't think it's in a bad way. It's not like they burn it out. It's because they don't want to show the monster till the very end. And I always say this, foreplay in horror movies, like Jaws, like Alien, like Predator, don't show me the monster till the last scene or the you know the last act. Yeah, get me in the mood for it. Don't exactly. don't, don't just you know hit me with your fucking monster. You know? Yeah, that's <laughs> the reason why I don't really like slash. I do like slasher movies, but I don't think they're scary because you see Jason like from scene one, you yeah. know, with the 
exception of number one and number two of, of uh, Friday the 13th. But. Well, I think this falls into the line where it is scary when you do see it, because it, like you said, not everyone celebrates this, but they I think more and more people will because a lot of people are clamoring now for practical effects and yes. good God, this is good practical effects. I know, right? Um, this really does have very, very good practical effects. A lot of people say this is the best practical effects ever. I say it's like... Ugh, the thing. I think the thing and, and, and Fly have it beat. But then again, when you see Jack and his neck and like that little dangly dangle, little dangly bits, yeah, the little dangly bits, that actually does sound very, very, um, or sound, sorry, that does look very gruesome. Uh, they actually cut out a whole bit where like the toast falls out anyway. Uh, so yeah, um, but the reason why I brought up jump scares is you pointed out the scream from Five Nights at Freddy's. Yep. Yep. All right, I'm not going to take credit. You go ahead and let us know. Yeah, it was the uh, the. Zombie werewolf women Nazi of the demons? FS. Yeah. So the, yeah, zombie werewolf Nazis. Um, the second scene where he wakes up, um, you know, there's a scene where uh, one of them comes out and starts grabbing on the nurse girl, and he makes this, you know, Rah! Yeah. It, it's I'm the like, foxy. Yeah. My first thought was, I'm like, that's Five Nights at Freddy's. I man. never put that together. I knew when I played that game back in the day. By the way, we played it on that projector, so it was terrifying. On that projector, it was the first time I played that game. In this and and, the, la and the last in. time I played that game. This was years ago, though. No, it wasn't in this room. It was in a bit. Anyway, um, let's fucking get to it. Let's start from the beginning, shall we? It's a good place to start. Okay, so uh, we start off. Uh, we have our main characters. We have uh, Jack and David. Okay, so they're uh, hitchhiking through northern England. They're on a college. Uh, what would you call it? A college? Not a retreat. Uh, you know when kids go to hostels and shit, like during college break? Yeah, just backpacking just through back Europe. Yeah, exactly. They're backpacking through it. Uh, they're eventually going to go to Rome, I think is what they say. Mm -hmm. uh, but they start off in northern England. And yeah, uh, we, the beginning of the movie is they get dropped off on this sheep herder's truck. And, uh, you know, they're cold. They don't know where to go. They got their parkers on and they look like spacemen. Basically. They, they look all bundled up and shit. Mm -hmm. And you see them just kind of, you know, bullshitting back and forth about like, uh, you know, the girls that they want to see when they get back to college. And, um, oh, like, apparently one of them is going to meet uh, – one of the girls they're, they're just bullshitting about is going to meet Jack, you know, David's friend. Um, well, I mean, you don't know who the main character is yet because they're kind of like brothers and they're, you know, back and forth. But uh, Jack is – They had good banter. Yeah, they have great banter together. Uh, Jack is all about this one girl, and he's like, I hope she's waiting for me in, like, Rome. And he goes, like – and David's like – Dude, she's fucking mediocre at best. And he goes, there's nothing about that body that's mediocre. And then they just talk, like, you know, about uh, a little chauvinistic stuff. But, you know, if you want to email uh, me about my toxic masculinity, that's at knifepartypod at yahoo.com. Movie uh, was made in 81. There you go. This movie was made in 81. So, anyway, um, they go to take uh, refuge and uh, the slaughtered lamb which is a, a pub, like an old English pub, you know, with the whole sign on the wall and stuff. And even though it's called the Slaughter Lamb, there's a wolf's head on a pike. And it's, like, fully painted, and they walk in this place. And right when they walk in, it's just like the scene from a cowboy movie where everything stops. You know, all the banter stops, and everyone just looks at them as a bunch of these old crony, like, English dudes that barely could... They speak, like, Cockney, practically, and, and they're... You know, everyone's just playing chess and darts, and they're all just kind of sitting there bullshitting. And, like, of course, the, the barmaiden is, like, a barmaiden, and everyone kind of helps themselves to the beer. And you could tell just by looking at that beer is lukewarm. You know, it's, like, room temperature. I don't, I don't know if we call her a maiden, just some old lady, you know. Okay. Bar hag. Bar, bar hag. wench. <laughs> I don't know. I'd give it to her. What do you want? 
Get drink your Guinness and get out. I changed my mind. Okay, so yeah, they're in there and uh, they're kind of laughing and getting along, and and they're like, you know, where are you from? They're like uh, America. They don't actually say that, but they get into it, and uh, they're David and Jack are sitting there, and Jack keeps noticing the star on the wall. It's like a pentangle a star, you know, and it's got two candles next to it. Was it just me, or did he just not say pentagram right? No, he said pentangle. Instead of pentacle yeah, or something. Yeah, because yeah, a pentagram is upside down. Yeah. Where they there's two points, and a pent, uh, pentacle was, is what he's trying to say, but he says pentangle. It's pentacle. Pentacle is used in witchcraft. It's face up. Oh, okay. So, yeah, anyway. Um, you know, like in tarot cards, you always see it, too. So uh, he sees this, and he's him and David are kind of like, you know, like, He's he's like elbowing David like what the hell man like why why do they got that against the wall you know like like why don't you ask him and he's like fuck you I ain't asking why don't you ask and, he, and then so uh, because the chess master here learns that they're you know from America or whatnot or could just tell that he starts telling a joke about the Alamo <laughs> member about oh. the United Nations <laughs> yeah. and the. I'm not even I kidding. Left that one. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It's it's totally a blue joke right now, but it's still funny. Um, I'm gonna summarize it because I'm not a total wuss, and I'm not gonna get canceled over quoting something. But the joke basically goes like this: There's United Nations on on a plane, and the plane's too heavy, so you throw out the luggage. It's still too heavy to throw out the seats, and then basically everyone kind of commits suicide. Like the French guy goes, like you know, Viva France, and then the English guy goes, God save the Queen, and then the Texan throws out the Mexican and goes, Remember the Alamo. That's like the joke in a summary. I don't tell it well. This movie does. Go see it. So, at the end of this joke, Jack points out the star, and he goes, what's with the star? And then the dart player misses, and it, it misses the board and hits, like, the wall, and he goes, you made me miss. I have never missed that board. And I love how the just the, the stark contrast, because he says that, like, mid-roaring laugh. Like, everyone's laughing at the yeah. joke, and he's like, ah, what's with the pentacle? And everyone just stops. stops. I know. It's, it's like, dead stop. Yeah. And uh, they kind of just get stared daggers and uh they didn't have anything hot because they basically came in there to get something hot the maiden makes them tea and at this point they've overstayed their welcome so they're like i guess we'll be going then and then uh the maiden goes no no you can't just let him go and then they're like go you know and the um the dart player goes um you know stick to the road you know stay off the moors and then the chess player goes and beware the moon and they're like okay yeah, they're just, okay, creepy villagers, we're off to the next place. It's like Resident Evil 4 much? Yeah. So, uh, then, Waiting for a guy with a burlap sack and a chainsaw to come out? You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually in the script for this movie. I mean, in the script, it really <laughs> says zombie or uh, uh, Nazi zombie demons was actually written down in the script. And yeah, this movie's all over the place, but in a good way. Yes, in a very good way. In a very, very good way. So they're walking down uh, uh, the path and, and they're talking and they're like, what the fuck was that all about? You know, they're they're kind of weirded out and uh, it starts raining and they're like, shit, you know, and it's freezing cold. And uh, in the making of I'm going to talk about the filming of how cold this really was, because a lot of this isn't acting. It's reacting. And uh, anyway, as they're bullshitting, they're like they're like it's freezing cold and they hear that howl, you know, and they're like, what the fuck was that? And then it cuts to the bar. Where they're the tavern, rather they hear the howl, and uh, well, they the, said they didn't hear it. And then he goes, "I didn't hear a thing." It's it in God's gone. hands now. It's in God's hands now. Exactly. Please excuse my British accent. It's awful. Charlie, oh cunt! 
I don't know. I don't do a very good, you know. No. It's I don't speak the Queens. No. So <laughs> after all this, um, Jack and David start getting worried. They're like, we should probably go back to the slaughtered lamb. And they keep hearing this wolf howl, but it's not coming from like one direction. It's like it's over here. It's running around. It's them. running around. And then Jack's best acting like in the movie is like, oh, shit, David is fucking circling us. But the way he says it is like so I, I've said something like that when I knew we were in trouble. Like the, the way he says it is right. so convincing. That's what I got from it. Everyone is probably going to look at this and be like, oh, that's cheesy acting. I'm like, nope, that's me and my best friend alone in the woods going, oh, fuck, we're going to die. Yeah, oh, it's, shit. This is how people would actually react in that situation. Yeah, that's why like when when people go, oh, the Blair Witch when it came out, like even it now it gets good reviews. I'm like, the acting's terrible. Because no one acts like that. People really act inconvenienced and annoyed when they're actually scared. Because yes. it's, you know what I mean? Just like uh, like when you laugh when you see something like terrifying sometimes. Same thing. So they try to make their way back to the slaughtered lamb, but they're fucking lost, right? They have no idea where they're going. And they're mad at each other for being lost. And they are. And they're blaming, well, remember, whatever happens, it's David's fault. Yes. So uh, as, as they're running back, uh, they start running because they, they hear it getting louder and louder and louder. And then David trips, and then it's a kind of like a levity moment, like, oh, thank God, we could take it. And then uh, he goes, well, you going to help me up? And then Jack reaches his hand down, and then... First jump boom, scare. jump scare, yeah. And and you see he gets ravaged, uh, he being uh, Jack. He he gets, like, torn apart. You see his parka-like feathers just flying out, and there's blood everywhere, and it's such chaotic ham that it's really kind of hard to see what's going on. But, I mean, you could just imagine how bad it is but just by kind of, you know, looking at it. it it's it's not a pretty sight. No. Um, it's it, especially later when you actually get to see the damage done. But uh, after this, David starts running away. Like, he panics and he just picks up and, like, fucking terrible bounces. friend. He just leaves him. You no, know, because remember, then he turns, he goes, fuck Jack. And he turns around and goes back for him. Yeah, after he's been screaming for help, screaming bloody murder. His screamings were actually kind of like, ooh, that. That's a little real he, there. Yeah, he yells out the word Jesus fuck a bunch of times. Yeah. Which is really what you would yell out when... I, I know I've been injured, and usually Jesus fuck shit, Jesus shit fuck, it, in no particular order, are usually... But over and over again. Yeah. It's kind of like a banana clip of swears, where it's usually J, F, S, J, sometimes C. And he got a lot of those out before he's like, oh yeah, my friend who's screaming for, my, for help. But... It was funny because it was jump scare, and he took off immediately, immediately. running. Yeah. Immediately running. It's almost like the director kind of told him what to do. Um, <laughs> the funny thing about that is uh, Landis is really smart, where a lot of the people on – not as much as, say, Alien, but a lot of the people didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Like, for instance, I think they were told that he's going to get taken down and you're not going to see him. I didn't think that a lot of people on set knew that like he was going to be screaming bloody murder for about like three minutes long. Because it freaked people out on the set. I do know that. It was just funny. It's like, you're a bad friend. You just, you just like, oh, my friend got hit by something. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, right. Peace. Uh, so then Leroy Jenkins. So then uh, we see uh, Jack is on the ground mutilated and David's there and no wolf. And then, it, again, it just pops out of nowhere. And then we hear gunshots. And uh, the patrons at the Slaughtered Lamb have just shotgun justice this wolf. But we see an old man naked laying there steaming. And yep. then David fades out. And then uh, we cut to uh, him awaking. Well, I want to go back because that, that oh, scene, okay, okay. that jump where it goes from, you know, there's the wolf on top of uh, David now. And then all kinds of just gunfire. And then 
He's down, turns over, and there's a human next to him. It's just, it's so confusing. Effective. Well, it's it just, it's what? What's going on? And it yeah. kind of puts you in the mindset of the main character there. So it's kind of, I, I thought that was a cool transition. I thought it was really cool too. Oh, I figured out what was wrong. It's because this was coiled over. Um, oh. It's all right though. I, I ain't fucking starting this thing over. Our banter is too good. Um, so you're right. It's, it, it is the greatest thing about, like I said, it's not what you see. It's what you don't see. So David's awaking now in the hospital, right? And um, Alex is the nurse is waiting on him, right? And then we enter our, and Alex is, is bantering with uh, the other nurse. We never see again, by the way. She's just in this one scene. I think she has like five lines. And uh, she's like, uh, oh, you know, he's an American boy, this and that. And she's like, uh, but I think he's Jewish. And then Alex goes, what do you mean? And she goes, I had a look. And then <laughs> Alex goes, it's kind of like contemporary that everyone has that done, right? And Dr. Hirsch, the boss, walks in and goes, yes, it is quite contemporary. And then they're like, the nurses are embarrassed and they leave, you know. And, she's in, and he even says to the other nurse, who we never see again, don't you have a purpose? And she leaves. Yeah, go do it. Yeah, go fucking do something. So um, then, uh, uh, d- you know, Dr. Hirsch brings in the American embassy member. Uh, who breaks the news for Jack, who is also the voice of Kermit the Frog, who is also in this movie later on, which is, I don't know, kind of a cool little Easter egg there. God, his character was annoying. Yes, he was. So uh, Jack, or David keeps screaming about, like, you know... um, His friend who just died. Yeah, his friend who just died, and and he can't believe it. Not only he's in hysterics a little bit. And then uh, they're like, you know, uh, a madman has a strength of 10. You're lucky that uh, that lunatic, you know, di- didn't kill you both. And he goes, but you'll have some good scars to boast about. And he goes, what, what do you mean, madman? He goes, we are attacked by a wolf. Yeah. And he goes, no, you were they they shot a man and there was witnesses and, uh, you know, this, that and the other. And he goes, no, 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 you know, you don't understand. I might be going crazy, but uh, my memory is fine. That was a wolf. So their their kind of banter gets um gets settled there because, uh, you know, First off, David's like a college kid, right? And these are posh English people, and especially here in the hospital. They probably just think he like got really drunk and fucked around, you know? I mean, when I was a kid, I'm like, why don't they believe him? But now I'm like, who would believe him? Yeah, some <laughs> college kid who was probably drunk and high, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, David freaks out. Kermit leaves, and he goes, fucking kids, you know, or something of the sort. And then um, anyway, we cut then to uh, – uh, Dr. Hirsch's office where Scotland Yard is investigating, right? And we think they're going to do a thorough investigation. And seconds later, they're like, well, case is closed. What? Wait, why were they even in that scene? They, the Scotland Yard has two scenes in this movie, and they are absolutely pointless. They have zero point in this movie, but yet there they are. The the stereotype of the one serious cop and the other guy who's yeah, kind of an bumbly. Idiot. Yeah, yeah, he's bumbling over. He always knocks over something when he's in the office. Like I'm always every- ready to hear like the Benny Hill theme song whenever he's <laughs> doing something. You know what's funny? I actually have that. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's yeah. One's a bumbling idiot, and notice his tie is always tied wrong. With a did you notice that the long part is like way down to his belt, yeah. but the top part only goes to like his cavicle? That's pretty funny. So anyway, uh, David falls asleep and he has his naked deer scene. And I remember looking at you when this happened. You're like, "What the fuck? It's 70s and he's barefoot. What's going on here?" And and it's- right, because that's my thing. I just watched uh, Die Hard over Christmas, and I'm thinking, it's like, this is a long, long time ago. This is 1981. I'm like, I don't think yeah. they had they had like, you know, 
proper technology to give him something to protect his feet. He's probably oh, running yeah, barefoot yeah. out in the woods. No, that he probably sucked. He was. Uh, they they actually. The funny thing too is um, Landis said, "Do not disturb the ground," which is weird because they wanted him to seem like he doesn't make footprints, which is really odd. And they also had that new camera technology that we we're. I was. I'll talk about in the making of. But yeah, they had these belt cameras that that were steady cams they didn't have back then. So we see David running through the forest, and he is like stock naked, and he's hiding behind trees, and he's like hunting deer. And he just jumps out of nowhere, snaps a deer's neck, and starts eating it. And uh, then he wakes up in bed at it the hospital. Like, it felt like Twilight on that little that How scene right there. How fucking dare you? <laughs> Are you really comparing this movie to Twilight? No, just the, the running through the woods and uh, taking down a deer. Just That's the first thing I thought of. All right. I'm so, ashamed of it, but I thought of it. <laughs> okay. How often do you think of Twilight? Uh, not very often. Daily? No. Okay, good. You sure? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure. No. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. So then we have that no kid, that Indian kid. No. No. <laughs> he was funny. No. I know. He's funny. He has no point in the movie, though. He doesn't offer anything or bring anything to the table, but that, yeah, he is, you know? Yeah, and his no isn't even, like, comedically no. timed. He just he just randomly says it, and it's hilarious. I don't know why that him. kid's in the movie, but I love it. I yeah. know. It's one of those things where every time he comes out, it, I think it's just because this movie is so off the fucking wall. They don't want you to be truly sickified or true because think about it, if you were to cut off all the comedic movie uh parts of this this would be like a very rough very rough watch. yeah it's kind of like evil dead but funnier and makes more sense yeah and it's got a werewolf in it and and a naked london. guy in london yeah <laughs> so anyway um uh, at this point now, uh, Alex is checking on uh, David, and he's got his headphones in. He's listening to jazz, 70s jazz, that is. And she's like, you haven't eaten anything. He's like, it's cool. And she, and she goes, but you have to take your medication. He goes, I'll take it later. And she goes, what kind of nurse would I be if I couldn't even have you take your medication? So she, in the sexiest way ever, force feeds him. Yeah, it was kind of, I, I was ready for her to do the, here comes the airplane. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this I right. like it. <laughs> so um, then David uh, falls asleep and he has his thriller nightmare. So remember, it's the one where he's running through the forest again, but then he sees a bed and then the bed is him and he does the thriller face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that scene is is pretty cool. This full jump scares that, you know, that that, uh, that was a good jump scare. It though. was a good. It was a good. Because you're not expecting it. No. That, well, that's the thing about this movie. It must be. See, I kind of wish I was in your shoes seeing this for the first time because you probably were like, what the fuck? Because I remember growing up with this movie, so it was kind of normalized to me. No, it, it was a trip. But I, I, I say that one's a good jump scare just because I wasn't expecting that and then. A, a bad jump scare is everything gets quiet all of a sudden, and I'm like, okay, where is it? Get yeah, it where me. is it? Where's the cat? Come on. Yeah, where's yeah. the cat or the closet door? Or yeah, but what? this one, it's like it's just more of a soft moment than a stark quiet moment. Plus, it's in bright daylight yeah. in a forest. So, like, you really don't expect anything. No. And now, here he is laying there, kind of all pale, and then the eyes open, the teeth. And then, yeah. You know. So, Alex is checking on him in the forest, too. So, he's kind of having, like, a dream about what's going on in the real world mixed with his, like, werewolf instincts or something. I don't know. Because, um, remember, Alex is checking him in the forest, which is him in the bed, but then he's a monster in the... And then he wakes up. So. It's a good way to portray insanity of him not knowing what's real. Something like that. So um, then uh, David's talking to Dr. Hirsch. Dr. Hirsch informs that, hey, you know what? Scotland Yard closed the matter. You know, you're, you're 
your friend's buried. Unfortunately, the family's been notified. Um, and he's like, well, did you ask around town? Did you, you know, did anyone see anything? And he goes, David, when, when you arrived here, your wounds were already dressed. The witnesses already talked to the police. The police are satisfied. The matter's closed. Look, you're going to be released in two days. Can you, like, stay sane while you're here? Or and as I, long as you're our problem. Exactly. <laughs> just please, we want to yeah, get rid please, of you. Yeah, please, please. We, we want to get rid of you as soon as possible. Just don't do anything stupid, right? So uh, then David tells him, like, you know, I'm afraid of being alone right now. And uh, he says, well, I'll send somebody in. Of course, it's Alex. And, the hot nurse. Yeah, I know, right? Hello, nurse. So Alex is reading a book. David wakes up, and then he's like, uh, oh, can you, you know, she's like, shall I read to you? And he goes, yeah. And then David falls asleep again, and here's where we get your uh, your Five Nights at Freddy Nazi zombie demons. Yeah. I, I saw the the Nazi uniforms, the the bad werewolf masks, and I'm like, uh, the first thing I thought of was the, that scene from uh, Grindhouse, the werewolf women of the SS. Yes. And then I started thinking of the Rob Zombie song. Oh my god, I bet you they got that from that. Probably. Because Rob Zombie's a fan and as is Tarantino is a fan of this movie. Yeah. I mean, I think every director is a fan of this movie. I don't know how you can't be a fan. Yeah. It just made me think of, you know, Werewolf Woman of the SS and also I was watching it and I'm like, okay, uh, if they're supposed to be Nazi werewolves, why are they using Israeli submachine guns? But that was... It's funny that you pointed that out. (laughs) Maybe it was one of those things like a full metal jacket, like they've only been dropped once. (laughs) So this scene's really cool because uh, David's dreaming about his family at home and he's there too. And uh, there's a knock at the door. The dad opens the door and then just machine gun fire by these werewolf zombie nazi they're in nazi uniforms but they're werewolves and they have machine guns and they just start shooting up the place and like destroying the tv and shooting the children and uh one of the the goons puts like a knife to david's neck and makes him watch like all his family die before slitting his and then he wakes up uh david wakes up and then uh nurse price walks in she's like did you have a nightmare and she goes, well, let me let in some light. You know, you'll feel better. And she opens up the curtain, and then the Nazi zombie guy jumps out and starts stabbing her to death. Making the Five Nights at Freddy, Freddy noise. Yeah. And then he wakes up, and he goes, holy shit. So they did a dream sequence within a dream sequence. And then leads into him hallucinating and not knowing if it's a dream or not. Yeah, exactly. That's our next scene. So then Jack comes in, and uh, and 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 he's like, holy shit. You know, so we don't know what's real or not. You know what? And I think if I press this button... Can I have a piece of toast? Get the fuck out of here, Jack. Thanks a lot. I can't take this. Am I asleep now, awake or what? I realize I don't look so hot, David. But I thought you'd be glad to see me. David! You're hurting my feelings. Hurting your feelings? Has it occurred to you that... It might be unsettling to see you rise from the grave to visit me. Sorry to be upsetting you, David, but I had to come. Aren't you supposed to be buried someplace in New York? Yeah. Your parents came to my funeral. I was surprised at how many people came. Why should you be surprised? You were a very well-liked person. Yeah, I was, wasn't I? Well, I liked you. Debbie Klein cried a lot. Oh, God, am I asleep now or what? So... 
So you know what she does? She's so grief-stricken. She runs to find solace in Mark Levine's bed. Mark Levine? An asshole. Life mocks me even in death. I'm going completely crazy. David! What? Now, I'm really sorry to be upsetting you, but I have to warn you. Warn me? We were attacked by a werewolf. I'm not listening to this. On the moors, we were attacked by a lycanthrope, a werewolf. I was murdered, an unnatural death. And now I walk the earth in limbo until the werewolf's curse is lifted. Shut up. The wolf's bloodline must be severed. The last remaining werewolf must be destroyed. It's you, David. What? Please believe me. You'll kill people. Nurse! Listen to me! Nurse! The supernatural. <laughs> The power of darkness, it's all true. The undead surround me. Have you ever talked to a corpse? It's boring. I'm lonely. Take your life, David. Kill yourself before you kill others. Please don't cry. Beware the moon, David. So at this at this point, Nurse Price walks in, and uh, he tries to tell her like what just happened. You know, like uh, I'm going to become a werewolf, and then he kisses her, and this works. You were saying it's the greatest pickup line greatest of all pickup. time. I can't believe it worked. Just you know, kiss. I think I'm a werewolf, and she's like, "Take me." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> basically." Okay. <laughs> Did you ever see there's an upright <laughs> There is an episode of Upright Citizens Brigade where this guy has a werewolf fetish where um he has to put on the mask in order to like have sex and he like at one point the girl's like I don't want to wear the mask anymore and he's chasing her around with the put on the mask. <laughs> it's really funny. I, I don't seen know that. It's fucking hilarious. You got to look it up. I don't even know if it's Amy Poehler's first gig was on a UCB. Um, but yeah, it was a anyway. It just reminded me of that when you brought it up. Like, it's the best pickup line. I'm like, maybe I should just run around with a werewolf mask and just be like, put on the mask. <laughs> so um, she it works because she goes, look, you're going to get discharged tomorrow. Do you have any way to stay in London? He says, no. And then we cut to them going grocery shopping and she's taking him home. And uh, they're they're going grocery shopping, and he's like, "How do you do it?" And she goes, "I know inflation's crazy, so we don't know like if he's talking about taking her home or if he's talking about the price of the groceries or da da da." And then they're on the tube, which is the London way to say subway, and uh, <coughs> David's making faces to her because they're separated by all these punks with all these colorful hair. And I don't know if these were these must have been extras, but they must have just hired real punks because. That hair is so fucking elaborate, and those costumes are so elaborate. They they had to have just found and be like, "Hey, you want to be in a movie?" Yeah, I mean, you see rainbow hair everywhere nowadays, oh, but like back in nineteen eighty one, started to have like hair like that with like the cheetah pattern in there. It's yeah, like- the purple cheetah pattern. I could never forget that. And then the other dude has like the, there's a guy who looks just like Eminem, but he's got like rainbow hair. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty hilarious. So uh, they go back, 
to her flat, and she gives him a little tour. And it's a very little charming flat, by the way. It's got that, that really cool thing I, I want in a house. I always wanted where you have this little bench that goes outside like a, uh, a, tri, a tri window. You know what I'm talking about? A bay window. That's what it's called, a bay window? Yeah. I always wanted one of those. I want a fainting couch and a bay window. That's all I want. <laughs> That's all I want. I got a fucking movie projector in here and still want a bay window. Can I just have my stuff? Yeah, we'll get you a bay window. Okay, thank you. I mean, you know, I heard you know a guy who knows a guy who can hook that up, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So um, she shows him around, and then uh, she goes, you know, living room, kitchen, da da da, and the bedroom. And he goes, but there's only one bed. And she goes, I'm not going to lie to you, David. I find you very attractive and sad. I've only had seven lovers in my life, three of which were one night stands. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Why don't you watch telly while I go take a shower? Boom, cut to sex scene and shower. I just figured out who your British voice is. Who? Your British voice is Tyrion Lannister. Oh, okay. <laughs> now that... I'm, I'm picturing Peter Dinklage <laughs> sing that line, and it's much less sexy. <laughs> I wouldn't want to have sex with Dinklage in, in a shower. <laughs> but this scene's pretty fucking hot. Um, so they, they they have sex in the shower, then it goes to the bed and everything else, and moon dance plays, you know, mm, pss, mm, Boom. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance. I almost used that as the bed music, and I decided on uh, the miracles instead. Better song. Better song. So then after they make it the love, he wakes up to take a piss, you know, in the middle of the night. And like you do. Like, like one does. Mm -hmm. And he goes to the medicine cabinet. Now, hold on. I think if I press this button. You're not real. I don't be a putz, David. Come here. A nurse, huh? Come on. you doing here I wanted to see you hi David put that down okay you've seen me now go away I'm sorry I'm upsetting you David but you don't understand what's going on I understand all right you're one of the undead and I'm a werewolf yes that's right get out of here Jack Tomorrow night's the full moon. You're gonna change. You'll become... I know. I know. A monster. You've gotta kill yourself, David. Before it's too late. Are you really dead, Jack? What do you think? I think I've lost my mind. I think you're not real. I think you're just another part of a bad dream. You've got to believe me, David. Believe what? That tomorrow night, beneath the full moon, I'll sprout hair and fangs and eat people? Bullshit. Oh, God damn it, David, please believe me. 
you kill and make others like me. I'm not having a nice time here. You've got to take your own life. I will not accept this. Go away. David? This is not pretend, David. I will not be threatened by a walking meatloaf. God damn, I hate that music when it plays after. I usually try to talk through it and ignore it, but it's on my last nerve. Yeah, it's barely noticeable. Yeah, but the other thing is, I, I did, you know, to be fair. Well, to be fair. Well, don't say to be fair. Hate oh, when God people say to be fair. Had it ready, didn't you? To be fair. 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 To be couldn't harmonize that. No, not there. No, we really fucked that up. You were a little pitchy. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, though, I did totally steal these clips from the tube that shall not be named. That I'm back on again. Probably shouldn't be saying this. Don't care. Like, what are they going to do? Like, pull me again? Jesus Christ. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been pulled from YouTube at least five times. It's been two months. I've been doing this podcast for two months and one day, and I got pulled five times. I cannot believe that. Banhammer's coming. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, you know what? <laughs> That's why you could pay $1 at uh, the patreon.com slash knifepartypod, and you can get it all, all for free. And Well, I mean, it's a dollar. What's a dollar to you? It's nothing. Anyway, moving on. Um, so um, after this whole scene, uh, David then uh, um, sorry uh, he's talking about Lon Chaney Jr. in the Wolfman movie to her in bed and this and that and he's just kind of rambling on right and meanwhile Dr. Hirsch actually goes to investigate this whole slaughtered lamb thing right so he's he actually goes to the pub they treat him a little bit better than they do you know David and Jack but they still kind of give him a cold shoulder and they're like where are you from and he's like London and they're like are you a cop because he's like strange things will happen to that Kessler boy you know, uh, attacked by a madman. And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, didn't it happen here? You know, and and uh, when he says he's not a cop, he goes, no, I'm a doctor. He was in my care. And uh, he orders a Guinness. HIPAA violation, by the way. What? what, what? HIPAA violation. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't. Do they have the same Hippocratic Oath there? Than they, they must, right? Probably not. Probably not. All right. Yeah, I don't know. They're English. I don't know. English in the 80s. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, I mean, they have Guinness and fish and chips. So, you know, I mean, they're not, they're not all win. that bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a win-win. Um, so when he, he inquires about it, they kind of give him the cold shoulder and they're like, you, you know, we know nothing. And then the dart player, he's talking to the chess player, by the way, why the dart player goes, I'm going to go check on the dogs. And the chess player goes, dogs are fine. He goes, I'm just going to check. And then, just uh, like that. and then outside the window, he kind of gives the finger like the come hither to, uh, Dr. Hirsch over here, stranger. over here, over here, stranger. Yeah, exactly. And then he, uh, tells he fills in uh, Dr. Hirsch like, there's something's wrong with the Kessler boy. There's something wrong with this place. And then Dr. Hirsch goes, I could see that clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and he basically warns him like, hey, you know, shit's going down. And then the chess master comes out and he goes, that's enough. That's enough. And then the uh, dart player runs off. And then uh, Dr. Hirsch drives Kinda back. stumbles off. Yeah, he, yeah, it stumbles. Well, it is rainy. It's a weird run he does, though. It is. It's kind of like a, a newsy. Like, he's got a newsy kind of run to him, you know? He's kind of hunched over. A little bit. He's got the Sami Zayn waddle kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So he, uh, Dr. Hirsch goes back and, um, you know, he, he calls up, uh, uh, you know, 
Alex and and says is like you know everything all right with David this and that and that and then uh, um, now it is let's see da, 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 da. oh and then <laughs> this is where um, uh, David is walking out Alex to her her job you know she's got to go to work the next morning and uh, you know he's he's walking around and this and that then he gets locked out of the apartment or the flat rather. And there's two creepy girls with a dog and they're just laughing at him while the dog barks. And he's like, what the fuck? And he tries to get back in. The door is locked and he's like, shit. So he has to find a way in. So he goes to the bay window and he uh, finds his way in there, but not before an orange cat that's creepy, like hisses at him. And then he gets inside. Animals don't like him in this. There was a little wishbone dog barking at him. Except, except for when he goes to the zoo. Uh, Yeah, well. uh, It's coming. Oh, they weren't. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Um, so uh, they, he gets in, and then we have a montage of Creedence Clearwater's Bad Moon, where he opens up the fridge and he goes, "I'm not hungry." Then he looks in the mirror and he goes, "Arr, snarl!" And then he he goes back to the fridge, "I'm not hungry." And then he turns on the TV, and this I've seen this movie so many times, but never did it interest me as much as this time because I thought it was a fake thing, but it's the naked truth about Naughty Nina, right? So. I was watching this. I look at you and I go, "Hey, do you do you think this is fake?" Because I've seen this movie a million times. I never had a computer in front of me. I was taking notes, so I just type it in, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" So she was a porn actress. Yep, Nina Carter. Yes, and then uh, I just went in Google Image. If you want to see it, type in Google Image Search Safe Search Off, and you will. Incognito. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to incognito. It doesn't matter. They got your information anyway. But yeah, so apparently she was a porno actress, but on the telly, on the BBC, she has an exclusive tell-all interview, and he like sits there, David sits there and watches it for a second, and I remember this always bumped me as a kid and like as an adult, and I never bothered to look it up, and now looking it up, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. There's a lot of porn in this movie. A lot of porn. There's a lot of porn in this movie. Um, all right. Well- before we go on. Oh, okay. He's bouncing around in the apartment. Something I noticed that he does is it it it's showing him going stir crazy. Yes. You know, walking back and forth. And he doesn't seem like irritated by it, but he almost seems like he doesn't understand what he's doing. He's getting stir crazy. He's walking around like a dog does when they can't just, they can't That settle. is a very good observation. And the thing I noticed he did, <laughs> he opened the front door and the door to the flat and left them open. Yeah. And they just kind of walked around and then went like back in. Like he didn't in. even think about it. Yeah. I know that is kind of funny, um, but yeah, Stir Crazy is right. Like, there's a it's a whole montage of him just walking around the house like in circles. Mm-hmm. Well, you've had a dog before. You ever left your dog uh, yeah. home alone for too long? You know, you you like got caught up at work or something, and the dog at home just kind of goes nuts, and they just kind of and run, also run too. I've I've been sitting down and saw a dog like or the 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 dog and when they try to get comfortable, they'll walk around in a circle like eight or nine times before they finally sit down. And you're like, dude, you were right there the whole time. Like why, you know, they'll do that. They'll just, so that is a very good observation. I didn't notice that. I thought, see, I knew he was going crazy or at least thought he was, but I never put it together with the dog. That's, that's a pretty good observation. Thank you for that. You are welcome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. So let's see. Um, then it cuts to, uh, uh, we finally get, so the music here switches to a very, very like soft, somber song. We get this slow version of Blue Moon, right? And uh, he's reading a paper, and all of a sudden he just goes, Jesus Christ, like out of nowhere, and throws the paper. And, uh, 
you strikes know, him all at once. There yeah. is no like buildup of I don't feel so good, Mister Stark. No, he just yeah. immediately just oh god and just screams yeah. and throws himself into. Yeah, it. He, he's like a Tesla. It goes like from zero to eighty, like in a second. You're like, whoa, what the fuck happened? He throws his newspaper. He's running. He says he's burning up. He's just screaming to himself. He rips off his t-shirt and his jeans. He gets stock naked, and then he like falls to the ground, and we see our transformation. Now, I can explain the transformation. You can explain the transformation. It needs to be seen. It just, you cannot, I cannot do this scene justice, but it starts off when you see his hands like elongating. Mm -hmm. And when he falls finally down, you see hair sprouting. And then like his foot, the way the foot stretches out is really weird. And then he's on his back and you see everything. It's just, if you don't want to see this movie, or if you have seen this movie, but you haven't seen it in a while, just Google in uh, Werewolf in London transformation scene. And it, it'll it was co- really good. I mean, I, I will always stand by practical effects. When we can use practical effects, please do. And in this scene, it you really saw that, you know, none of this is CGI and it all yeah. looks, you know, believable. Legit. Even for the time. I, I always say if it or, looks sorry, like you could reach out and touch it. You know, like Avatar, it looks like if you were to reach out and touch it, you would touch water, right? Um, just like that's how CGI looks to me. It looks like water. Where this looks like fur. It looks like hair. It looks like um, flesh. It looks like tissue, you know. Uh, it it really does look good. We don't even get to see the final monster until, like, later on. But we see it kind of in, like, if it's pupa metamorphosis stage, right? Then we cut back to the no kid and Alex at the uh, hospital no, no. And then she goes, have you ever been beaten about your head and neck? And he goes, no. <laughs> and uh, anyway, that's that's just for a scene cut, because then we come back. We see these like ditzy rich couple and they're going to uh, uh, like a party, like a dinner party with this other couple. And um, they're like, let's go around back and sneak around. And then well, the, David kills them. You know, uh, he just jumps out and we don't really see what happens till later. And then. uh, uh do you, you see the wife at the, the the host of the dinner party goes like, is there hooligans out there? And he goes, I'll go and check. And he walks out. And he, he's been drinking. He comes. He walks out with his whiskey. And then he's like looking around and, he, and you hear a squish. And he looks down and there's a severed arm. And then he gets attacked. And then we cut to some some homeless people by like the docks. There's three of them. And they're like, what the fuck was that? They get attacked. And then we cut to the tube, the subway station. And there's, okay, by the way. I've ridden the BART really late at night, like on, say, like a Wednesday or a Tuesday when there's no one there. And it is one of the creepiest fucking places that, like, any train station, it's something about the fluorescent lights and the echo of your footsteps and shit. You always think there's somebody behind you. Liminal spaces. Yeah, it's weird, right? Because in all the lighting, even though it's white, it looks green. It's got, like, this weird greenish tint. And just being alone in a subway station is fucking creepy. And well, a werewolf's not the scariest thing on Bart. No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, especially if you're in El Cerrito del Norte. Don't go there. Um, and uh, you see this this English chap, and he's definitely a prick. Like, he's like, what's that? I'm going to report this to the authorities. You know, and, and he's like, anyway, he hears, like, the howl and snarl and shit, and he gets scared. He starts running. He runs up an escalator. He falls down, breaks his nose. And uh, he, you know, he, he starts running up the stairs. You get a shot of, but barely 
and the top of the stri- uh, screen, like the werewolf, you barely see it. The framing of that shot was Ju- excellent. Uh, no, it was perfect because you see it as the the escalator's coming up, so it looks like it's shrinking. It's like a really cool shot. But that, you just when you just see that first paw set Yeah, up, exactly. And it's not like up close or anything. It's like, is that his paw? And then yeah. you start seeing more of the monster, and but it's it just a little bit, and then it cuts away. And yeah. It's just, oh, God. Yeah. Right when you see the shoulders, it stops. You know, like you don't see past like you see the head for a split second and then like the left shoulder come into play. and That's it. He gets up the stairs. He starts running. And then, uh, by the way, I was we were talking about this. I love the ads. There's a Wendy's ad on there. And then there's like a, a Fujifilm ad and there's a couple other ads. And um, there's an airplane ad for the movie. Yeah. And then there's see you this Wednesday nonstop orgy. Remember, I pointed that out to you. There's a porno ad on there. More on that later. Anyway, he gets attacked, and uh, then we cut to the zoo scene. So David is naked in the wolves' den, and he's legit naked. Those were legit wolves, by the way. So they they kind of gorilla film this, um, and the wolves leave him alone. I, I didn't really because the scene starts off with like a lion snarling. Yeah, you know? well, it goes from you know uh, him attacking him. The, uh, the guy on the subway as a werewolf. And, and then the lion roars. And it cuts immediately yeah. to a lion roaring. Uh, the monkeys are losing their shit. Um, I think there's another animal or something. And then... The wolves are all passive. Yeah, the wolves are just like, hey, hey, hey dude, what's up? You cool? You're in our space, man. You drink too much last night? What are you doing? Did you did you party? Did you, did you pledge? You know? <laughs> yeah, they just were unbothered. They weren't snarling or... I didn't realize that until you said something. Yeah, so then he gets out of there He's fully nude. He doesn't know what to do. He's at the zoo, right? So uh, he goes hiding behind a bush, and you see this English kid, and he's got a bunch of balloons, and he goes, hey, kid, come here. Which was like, oh, this is this is a bad take. Yeah, you even said, like, I don't know where this is going, but I don't like it. I didn't. <laughs> so he, come, he goes, uh, kid, come here. And he goes, uh, uh, he goes, who are you? And he goes, I'm the famous uh, balloon thief give me your balloons. I'll give you a pound. And he goes, no. And he goes, two pounds. And he goes, why would a thief want to give me two pounds for my balloons? And he goes, here, I'll explain it to you. And then he just comes walking out naked, holding his junk. And with his left hand, grabs the balloons, goes, thank you. And then runs off and you see him just tie the balloons like around his, and around his waist. So it's just, he's just naked with like balloons as like covering his cock. And the best line in the whole movie is that kid goes up to his mom and taps him on the shoulder. And she goes, mom, she goes, what? And he goes, a naked American man stole my balloons. Yeah, just the, the most British thing ever. Yeah, it's so polite, so proper, but, and so inappropriate. And just, you know what's funny is this is like British humor in a way, but it's not. That's what Americans think British humor is. Well, it's pretty close. Probably. It's very, like, that's very Monty Python esque of them, that, that line. So then we see David just run across the screen from the right side of the screen to the left. And he runs by a park bench where this lady has this like red velvet fur lined coat. And he just goes yoink. And he just grabs it. And then we cut to him getting on the waiting for the bus. And there's all these people just kind of staring at him. He's like, fancy weather we've been having now. And he's totally nude except for this coat. And he looks ridiculous. He looks like he's going to be in Rocky Horror. Cut to him entering the flat. And uh, Alex is there. And uh, he goes, I'm freezing. You know, he takes off his the coat. She's like, where'd you get the coat? And he goes, don't ask. He starts putting on jeans and his shirt. And then he starts trying to ravage Alex. The phone rings and it's Dr. Hirsch. And he's like, is David with you? 
And she goes, yeah, yeah, he's here. And he's like, is he rational? And he goes, yeah, he's just excitable and confused. And he's like, just, you know, going after it, putting his hands between your legs, all the other good stuff that people do. And uh, she's like, uh, or sorry, um, Hirsch goes, well, get him here immediately. Like, I'm going to phone the authorities. And obviously, she's not really like aware of how severe the situation is because she hasn't heard about the murders yet. Right. But Hirsch does, because remember, uh, doc, the doctor in the morning goes to the newspaper stand and and gets like, you know, and says like six murders, half eaten, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, uh, you know, that it says the word lunatic in it. And he's like, oh, no, like it all comes together for him. And he actually wanted to keep him. You know, in his care, he yeah. actually wanted to protect him. Yeah, to see what's going. Yeah, he um he even said like he is the voice of reason in this whole movie. Oh, by the way, you notice when he uh got the paper, there was more porno in the background too. Yeah, I, I you did. did. Yeah, there you go. There's a lot of porno in this movie. Zach, Zach you don't you don't have to point porno out to me. I'll, I'll, okay, okay, I'll okay. So uh, <laughs> then um when he's talking to uh, uh Scotland Yard is back and he's like there's or no sorry um when Alex comes in. Well, first off, okay, on the way over, they get a taxi because Hearst was going to send a car, but she goes, the taxi will be faster because it's a one-way trip, this and that. They're in the taxi, and then the taxi driver just leans back, and he goes, it's just like the uh, demon Baba of Fleet Street, this butcher. And then they're like, what are you talking about? He goes, six murders yesterday, half eaten. And David goes, stop the car. He gets out, and he's he thinks he's guilty he knows he's guilty and he starts yelling out a bunch of shit to try to get arrested he yells out prince <laughs> charles is a faggot and shakespeare was french and the queen like, is a man the queen is a man and and don't cancel me bro this is actually in the fucking thing they even apologize during the credits it goes like our apologize to the queen and prince charles which is hilarious um and and remember that thing at the very end too uh come to hollywood and say hi to bob or whatever it was so uh then ask for Bab. Ask for Bab. There it is. Yeah. So uh, uh, it's funny you remember that. Um, then David, you know, ditches her. He goes to a phone booth. He collect calls his family. His uh, baby sister answers, and then they have a really fun banter. Like, wait a minute, you're home alone? You're only eight years old. Okay, whatever. Eight and a half. Mom didn't leave me home alone till I was ten. And then he's like, you know, tell him I love him and everything else. He pulls out a Swiss Army knife. And he's thinking about commit suicide, but he just can't do it. Now we cut over to Swiss Army Knife. There it is. Nice party podcast. There you go. So uh, <laughs> then we see um, outside the window, we see Jack, and he's ushering him over to the porno theater and Piccadilly Circus. Then we cut over to Alex and uh, Dr. Hirsch, and Dr. Hirsch is explaining, like, look, there's so many inconsistencies with the story. Something's obviously going on over there at Slaughtered Lamb. Because they were lying. Uh, his wounds were dressed um, before he even got here. All the witnesses won't say anything. And um, the police are satisfied and don't want to look at the mat. And he goes, something's going on. She's like, well, what do you mean? You think he's a werewolf? And he goes, no. What I think is this. Maybe David thinks he's a werewolf because everyone's putting it in his head. So he's not going to crawl around on all fours or anything. But he might hurt somebody, including himself. So we need to find him now. David then goes, follows his dead friend. It still feels like, I, I, even you pointed it out, it's like, man, he's acting more like a detective than a doctor. Yeah. I, I feel like it, this movie had a detective character and a doctor character, and at some point they just- They switch. They yeah. They just mashed them together. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's, I think you're right about that, because Hirsch at first member, when he sees the two nurses, and he's like, don't you have a purpose? Like, he's very kind of strict, and, and then I think it's the moment that 
I think it's the moment when Scotland Yard kind of talks to him and they they go, we're investigating the matter. Oh, it's closed. And I think that's kind of what starts it. And uh, but I don't know. Uh, I have to rewatch it to see exactly the pinpoint moment. But it definitely is with the slaughtered lamb when the guy talks to him is when he goes like full detective mode. So David's in the theater watching See You Next Wednesday, a nonstop orgy, uh, the porno movie. And he sits down next to Jack, who's totally almost decomposed at this point. We didn't talk about the way Jack looked the last time he appeared. He looks like Meatloaf. Well, well he, he's all green and shit. Yeah. You get to see him each time he appears slowly, or not slowly, decompose each time. The first time, you know, he's you know fresh. fresh. Yeah. You know, still bloody, you know? The second time is more bloated zombie, kind of puffy, necrotic. You reminded me of Bub from uh, Day I of the Dead. I was just about to say a day. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I was. That That's a very, very good yeah, comparison. Green complexion and just, you know, more puffy. rotted. Yeah. Puffy but gut gaunt. Yeah. And now we see him and he's like, his jaw is just agape, you know. And, Meat falling off the bone. But his voice is still there, which is hilarious. And uh, I was surprised like, how well that looked for the time and how much, you know, he was able to look around and move and stuff. Well, it, the, it was kind of cool. Well, Jim Henson had some involvement in this. Well, at least, I mean, obviously we had Kermit the Frog in two scenes. You know, we had, the, yeah. Yeah, we had the voice actor, plus we saw it during the Nazi scene, whatever. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, uh, in fact, Jack, uh, the guy who played him, Griffin Dune, was actually upset. He goes, wait, I don't get to be in the last scene? And they go, no. And he goes, oh, but I, I did such a good job. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then it's funny because David sits next to Jack and uh, David's, uh, you know, they're sitting there and they're watching the porno theater and... These these two are going at it, and then this guy walks in with an afro and like a, 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 a like a eighties mustache, and he goes, "What are you doing here? I told you never to do this again." And the guy goes, "I never you promised you such a thing." And and he goes, "Not you, twat. I was talking to her." And she goes, "I never you met me before in my life." And he goes, "Oh, carry on then." And he just turns around and walks <laughs> and off. And then David like leans over to Jack and he goes, "Great movie." Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, "Let me introduce you to, you, to my friends of mine," and he points out. All the people that he murdered that night are in that theater watching porn with him. And they all explain, hey, man, this is who I or, you know, this is who I am. This is, this my is what wife. you did. This is what you did. And you have to kill yourself. And they're all. And then it gets kind of comic relief at one point where they're like, how should he do it? Oh, throw yourself into a tube. Electrocution. Car wreck. A gun. gun. That yeah, would be a great. A gun. It would be great. Just put it to your forehead. And he goes, if you put it in your mouth, it never miss. And then uh, finally, it's funny because Jack goes, do you guys mind? He's a friend of mine. And they're talking about him cavilling himself. And he's like, don't be rude. He's going to yeah. do it. Just relax. Yeah. Dignity. You know? Dignity. So then uh, um, all of a sudden he starts changing again and they all disappear, you know. And uh, the 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 guy that I guess checks the ticket, I, what would you The usher? I don't know who he was. I'm like, who's this weirdo just staring at it? Some well, he has guy. a flashlight. So I thought he was like a movie theater usher or whatever. I just saw a dude staring at a dude in a porno theater. I'm like, what's going on here? Did he tap his feet? Because that's when you know. I don't. Either way. So David then starts changing, and the change here is a lot faster, um, you know, for time continuity, probably. And, uh, and budget. And but Well, yeah, yeah probably. Uh, he attacks everyone in the theater, and... Um, one guy escapes and he pulls down like you know those those shutters that they have at businesses during like riots or closure, roll down. metal roll downs, yeah. And he shuts it and and you just see it boom boom like something's coming at it and then the cops come and the girl's screaming uh, the the girl that the ticket taker and uh, 
they're like, get guns now, like riflemen, quick. And uh, David bursts out and bites one of the constable's neck, and you see his like head just fly and roll off of a taxi. And this is where traffic just goes insane. It takes this one head for one car to crash, and then everybody in Piccadilly Circus is just fucking crashing into each other. It's very Blues Brothers-esque. I wonder why. And uh, then you see David full lycanthrope form, and we actually get to see the monster now, and it looks great. And it just goes around just killing random people. That surprised me that him like walking looked as good as it did. It I did. thought it was going to look kind of you know weird cheesy and or yeah awkward. Yeah, but I think no, with, he actually looked good walking around. Yeah, it didn't look like a guy in a suit, and it didn't look like puppeteer. It looked like actually an organic thing. Long story short, he wreaks havoc. There's about a good seven minutes of rampage of just cars crashing, him attacking people, and everything else. He gets in their corner. Finally, we, uh, you know, if you've heard my 10 most tragic deaths, this is one of them. This is where, you know, we have all the, all of the, the, uh, I, w- I was going to say soldiers, the policemen, but now they're armed, the riflemen. And they have an FAL. Yeah, there you go. So they're all in there. You see them loading up and they get out of the, the SWAT van or tactical van, whatever you want to call it. They have them cornered there and Alex fights her way through. And, uh, you know, she's like, David, David, let me help you. I love you. And then, you know, you see his snarl kind of go away and it looks passive. And then all of a sudden it just starts to jump. And then you just hear boom, 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 and a bunch of shots. And same transition. Yeah. And then just like, like pre-mentioned the fly or whatever, the last two and a half minutes of it is just her reaction of her just like screaming and crying and then cut to ball, but a ball, but a ball, 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 but a dang, but wait, or, or, or if I press this button and then we have our credits and that's uh, American wealth in London. Well, I, what I liked about, you know, the, the ending there is, you know, is it, it wasn't like the fly where, you know, he's not begging for death. It was just, you know, a, glimpse of his humanity and then yeah. just nope the monster takes over and he leeches it yeah but her reaction says it all that's what makes it really sad yeah that, that's what the tragic part is that's where the sadness comes from is you know your reaction to her reacting to him so Rotten Tomatoes gave this an 80 what was it 85 something awful I'm like what why yeah it was it was 85 and then audience gave it 83 what would you give this on the uh, evergreen meter uh, every green meter goes to ten, right? No, it goes to. Uh, it's just same thing, but it's our opinions matter more than Rotten Tomatoes because we have better taste in movies than they do. Fair. Uh, no, if if I was gonna rate this movie, um, I'd give it. You know, a, understanding that it's a product of its time, that gets it a little bit extra. Oh, you're grading on the curve. Okay. It, it gets a little bit of a curve. Any anything that old gets a bit of a curve. So I would honestly give this one solid ninety. Solid ninety. Okay. I'm actually going to give this a 93, and here's why. The effects, the music, the no-name actors, so you don't kind of put, like, someone else in that spot. You know, I like movies with no-name actors because you're like, they're unique to that movie, you know. Um, I give it a solid 93. And one of the reasons why I I have it kind of lower in the 90s is just its rewatchability. It's so all over the place that this is a movie I could watch 20 minutes of and turn it off just because it's so all over the place. It's not like Shawshank where I'm I'm hooked, you know. But is it a great movie? It's a fucking great movie. I was enthralled start to finish. I thought it was a solid movie, but there were some, you know, dated scenes or dated uh, 
filming styles where I'm like, eh, this is kind of just over. Yeah. It's not the, for everyone. Not the, everyone's going to love this. But there's some things that this movie does that a lot of people don't do and will never do. For instance, the lack of score, um, some of the suspense building. But yeah, like all the dream sequences and dreams within dream sequences kind of throw me a little bit, but uh, all said and done, no movie's done it since or before. So that's why this movie's so good. Uh, final thoughts, uh, American Wolf in London, before we get out of here. I thought it was a good movie. Thank you for holding me hostage and making me watch it. And I heard you have something to plug, a TikTok perhaps or something. Anything you want to throw out there? No, I was going to plug you on my TikTok. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. We'll H1N1 do Zombies on TikTok. There you go, go ahead and follow. All right. So from all of us at the Knife Party Podcast, remember, be kind, rewind. And I think you have some videotapes to return. See you.